wait. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry, do that. <laughs> Episode number 99. What stands in the way becomes the way. You pull that off. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you ready? I'm Clay Lowe. And I'm Sarah Beth Hunt. You're listening to the Havana Cafe Sessions podcast. Where we get together once a week over coffee to talk about the big questions of life. Let's get into the show. All right, welcome back to the Havana Cafe. Where's my coffee at? Come on. Oh, man, I you, don't know. I ordered it for you, you ages you, you, ago, you, didn't you, I? You're, you're falling behind here. Come on. I know. I got to start this episode without my coffee. You assembled the entire video or audio equipment. Yeah. Although, no it'll coffee. be like my third or fourth cup of coffee anyway today. Oh, well, you'll yeah, be fine. There you you'll go. survive. Absolutely. All right, so before we kick off on episode number 99, we've got number 100 coming up next week. So get your questions in. What's the what's the question that drives you? What's the question that's you the if you were to look at it and examine it, it would say this is almost my life pursuit. This is the thing that drives me, that motivates me to do what it is that I do. Or maybe it's just a question that you've been contemplating and you just want to hear a different view on it. So it's something that you've been muddling on or contemplating or reflecting upon that you would like to hear our thoughts on so tweet us drop it in the facebook group or the yeah. facebook page or you can email us or you can comment on the blog or you can send so it by many a carrier ways. get onto the cyber yes. web <laughs> space thing and do or and you find can us. even call or text however you want to do it it works for me all right what are we talking about what stands in the way becomes the way Yes, absolutely. So, which maybe you should take on to heart because your coffee's not coming. Yeah, that's my first obstacle of the day. Isn't Is it? it? Well, you're doing okay then. <laughs> Am I? Yeah. Um, so, we'll, we'll start it off, and um, there's a couple of things that kind of sparked this conversation. I think a couple of episodes back, and I don't know if I got that on tape or if it was in the after hours conversation where I was saying that I was finding myself back to myself through putting my body through pain <laughs> so finding myself back through my body is, is and then we got to talking about how everything about this the self-mastery piece it was how um, you could use adversity to enhance your personal development to grow basically through adversity and that's kind of I think where we came through it yep. yeah okay yep. So um, it's a concept, and we've talked about the Stoics in the past, so it's almost a revisit of the Stoics in, in some sense, but we're, we're not going to approach it specifically as that philosophy, but that's where it originates from. So Marcus Aurelius, um, in his meditations book, has this passage here that says, Our actions may be impeded, but there can be no impeding our intentions or depositions because we can accommodate and adapt. The mind adapts and converts to its own purposes the obstacles to our acting. And he finishes that off. And this is one of my favorite quotes. And it's very ins inspiring to me. It makes, in fact, today it's got me all fired up just reading it again and thinking about it. And it says, the impediments to action advances action. What stands in the way becomes the way. And that to me is just so motivating. I just want to do everything whenever I read that it's like is it my way I'm going right for it so yeah um yeah 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 no I there's it's sort of interesting because 
there's a lot of I always think when you get an idea off of a bunch of different schools of thought or philosophers or different times or whatever it's got to be some truth in it oh yeah absolutely so you get this idea about the obstacle the idea of the obstacle or adversity or difficulties not being a problem turning turning that sort of attitude towards it around so yeah yeah absolutely and we can talk about I mean let's let's philosophize about it a little bit but we can then also turn this into the practical side because one of the things about stoicism is it is a a practical philosophy in terms of way of life well I have I have sort of a question that maybe we can dive in through the physical side is how does this how does this work for you when you're lifting weights or when you're running or when you're doing you know in this sort of I'm going back through the physical what is that what is that like well classic example today uh, I was going for a run and you know I'm a big guy so running is not the most efficient and fun thing for me to do <laughs> right um, but if he, it's all the mental stuff that's happening so even from waking up in the morning and, and, and all the reasons that come to you that oh yeah well let's lift today and maybe run another day so that conversation starts mm-hmm. um, and then you know getting on because I did indoor on a treadmill today instead of outdoors um, and then there's a conversation oh this is so boring and you know, I've only gone a, not even a half a k, and I'm already bored. And then so you, you know, so physically, with that kind of thought process going in my head, it becomes harder to do, um, and the body doesn't operate as efficiently. And so, with this idea about you know what what stands in the way becomes the way, is to find a way through that and to. So there was a quote I put on Twitter the other day: um, "How you do anything is how you do everything." Mm-hmm. And so how you deal with the mental um, excuses and the sort of drag of want to do this run or not run is how you'll deal with any adversity. So, yeah. you know, if you take a step back and take that third position, observation, observing yourself, and you think, well, what is my reaction to that? Am I going to keep running? Am I going to stop? Am I going to go slow? Um, and then you... You, well, you learn about yourself. You learn what you've yeah. done in the situation. And we're very, the thing is, we're very good at rationalizing our actions. You know, so I think we. Especially after we've made the decision to do them. Yeah, well, well we, you know, we always do things with good intentions. Even things that seem bad, there's some an intention that you're going to get something out of it. It's for, it's for, a positive reason and I know we can explore that a, a little bit more but you know you go into it even when you're doing something bad there's you rationalize some reason that makes it okay to do whatever that might be um, and so yeah so you you we're good at rationalize it and because it's it sounds logical then it makes us easier for us to do it yeah. And then we justify it, don't we? So we just justify why we've done it. It sounds logical. And then when you're explaining to other people, it, you know, you've got some reason. You, but like you're saying, if you're practicing that kind of working through things, that's how you're going to do everything, isn't it? Yeah. You're going to sort yeah. of rationalize yeah. everything rather than... You'll rationalize... Yeah. Well, you come up with something difficult. You'll rationalize yeah. the reason why to avoid it and not go through yeah. it. So how you then react to that. So for me, it's how do I push myself through um, and not 
give in to that, mm-hmm. um, which one of the steps, I might as well introduce the first step then to how to use this in a practical sense, um, is about re- reframing your perception. Right. And this is what Marcus Aurelius was getting at as well. So as you're looking at this thing, you have, you, so you can't control, I think he says, let me get the uh, direct quote in there. He says, we can't control what happens to us. We can only control how we respond to what happens to us. And so the first point of call is what's really happening, what's really going on, and looking at that perspective and then changing the way that you are viewing mm-hmm. the particular situation. So in the instance of my running there this morning, I was first starting off as like, ah, oh, what a slog, I'm indoors, it's so boring, I'm not moving because it's just on the treadmill. And so then it's just hard work and I'm just thinking, oh man, I should just go lift some weights or do something different, it'd be more exciting. Um, but then to change the perspective on that, I did what is called a reframe. Mm-hmm. And so I don't know if you've seen the movie Last of the Mohicans. Yeah. And there's the opening scene there when they're chasing the elk. Mm-hmm. So in my mind, I played that music. And then in my mind, I'm running through the forest chasing that elk. Like, and yeah. I bring that picture really, really alive. The music helps. And then all of a sudden, I'm not even paying attention to the actual treadmill and the run. In my head, I'm in the forest chasing, you know. So I went from, so physically what that meant, going at a seven speed of seven mile or seven kilometers per hour, pumped that up to, I think, 10 and a half, mm-hmm. and to 11 I, at one point in time, because then I really wanted to catch this elk. <laughs> so I've gone from, you know, oh man, and it was hard work, yeah. So suddenly, because I've reframed it, this burst of energy is there and, and, you know, at a speed of 11 and in my head I'm chasing this flipping elk and I don't want him to get away. And so nothing's really changed apart from how I perceived it in my mind. And so I guess then my devil's advocate sort of question hmm. is, a lot of people would say, well, you wouldn't have had to do any of that if you just didn't go for a run. Right. You know, like it solves the problem, then you don't have to reframe anything because you're not doing it. So if running is so uncomfortable or so hard, I mean, I think this is where people get stuck in the rationalizing, mm. isn't it? And I totally include myself. You sort of go, well, I can not have any obstacle by just not doing it. So, so then that you know. comes back to the whole idea of well that that is the so the thing that you avoid is the direction that you need to go because yeah. in that lies the so the question is then why are you going for the run like even though it's that's what mental chatter goes on in your head and all hmm. this stuff you've got a different motivation that's making you do it right yeah well, yeah. well partly it was this idea about the whole sort of finding myself mm-hmm. through the body so doing things that I don't that are uncomfortable that I don't like to do that I can right. rationalize away because I want to be able to change my mentality I want to be able right. to reconnect with myself in that space so if I did something that was easy then I'm just in the comfort zone and I'm just relaxed so there's no there's no challenge there mm-hmm. but by 
going after something deliberately in that instance that I don't necessarily yeah. enjoy. And the only reason why I don't enjoy it is because how it starts out. Yeah, right. And then I start making that even worse. The more I dive into how boring this is and how all this and blah, 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 the yeah, more yeah, I spiral yeah. downwards. Yeah. Um, and if you, you can apply the same thing with the weights, the weights um, I enjoy doing. Um, if I look at this obstacle as the way piece or this finding self back through the body, it's can I get to the next space? So, you know, if I'm doing, you know, 200, um, so I'm doing, if I'm doing 160K on the bench press, so can I get to 170? And you have the same mental aspects that may happen there. So suddenly going from 160 to 170, 160 was hard. Damn, can I really do 170? And then all the insecurities, all the doubts, all the those things start to surface. But then it's how do you deal with it when you find yourself in a place that you got to do something that you know is really hard. There's a high chance of failure. And do I just stick at 160 or do I face those demons and... Do more, work yeah. through that yeah 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 and you can go either way couldn't it so i could you know what's wrong with 160 just kind of hang out there and there was a part in um ryan holiday's book obstacles the way where he was talking about how you know actually let he's there's one point was he's like let's face it our obstacles now are fairly minor compared to what they have been in previous generations with war and like you know, lack of medical care and all this kind of stuff. But then he sort of says, most of our obstacles these days are internal, not external. As it seems like what you're talking about in terms of the obstacle actually comes in the mind with the attitude rather than what you're trying to do. I think they've always been internal, which is what Marcus Aurelius was good to know, isn't it? So it's always been an internal thing. Mm -hmm. And that's what the whole sort of the Stoics were about. The external stuff you can't control. That's just out of your control. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So focus on what you can control, which is your reaction to your internal state. So um, as I was revisiting um, the whole Marcus Aurelius bit, uh, there's a story in there about uh, towards the, I guess it was towards the near the end of his time coming up anyway one of his commanders in Syria decided to revolt and he had an opportunity I mean if you know if you got one of these someone that you trust it is now revolting and wanting to take your throne from you he would have every right to be angry and go after him and crush him mm-hmm. but he chose not to be angry and in fact his intention was to do what we need to do which is let's go put down the rebellion but he didn't want to execute anyone any of the soldiers that were involved in it. And his intentions were to reconcile himself. I can't remember the, the general's name in particular, but an assassin got to him before he could mm-hmm. um, reconcile it. But his whole attitude was, I'm not going to punish any of the soldiers or senators who were supporting the rebellion. He wasn't even going to punish the guy who was doing the, re- the revolt. And, but it, but that was a mentality, isn't it? But you could have gone equally the other way, which is, all right, I'm angry, I'm pissed, let's yeah. go crush him, let's kill everybody that was involved. Yeah, yeah. And, and that could have been a reaction or a change yeah. to it, but he chose not to. And I think that's his whole point, is you choose how you're going to react to whatever the event is, no matter the, how adverse it might be. Um, you have to make that conscious choice. Now, some people argue with me on this 
um, in that we don't have a choice. Like when you get angry, somebody else made you angry. And when I say, oh, well, really? when I say no one's made you angry, you've chosen to be angry at that event, but they can, no one has the power to make you do anything <laughs> of that sort. Yeah. And, but I think people sometimes struggle with that concept Right. That the emotion that you experience is one that you're choosing to experience. Yeah, yeah. We kind of abdicate choice. They may be angry, may be sad, you know, he hurt me, that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, we just take the automatic reaction and accept it as truth. So the first part of this Whole process thing, yeah. is to look at the perceptions, change your perception of the event yeah so to something more useful to you yeah and then you the second part is then decide an action what's your action going to be mm-hmm. and then endure and see it through right so it's perception um action and then will yeah i i can relate to all of that I mean, it's really sort of what you're saying is it's the idea of the obstacle in itself is a question. Mm. It's like, is it actually a problem? You know, like a lot of things seem like they're a big problem. Well, they may be a problem, but it's your reaction to the problem. Well, but there's also, I suppose there's like what this is saying is it's always an opportunity in the problem. It's just that, you know, we don't like discomfort. Mm. We're like very addicted to comfort. Do you know what I mean? And we don't like our comfort zone, man. That's a place to be. There was another great bit in The Obstacles the Way where he's talking about actually how one of our big problems is abundance. That we're just so used to so many things being easy that we don't know how to deal or cope when there's an obstacle come up it's just like we're not taught how to cope with that anymore because there's not been any experience and i mean mean, we just had this discussion before the tape with your kid yeah exactly i was joking about the well so you know this has been a big question for me with with finley this week well with both my kids really um how much do you push yourself how much do you push your kid where's the line you know I mean what do you mean by push them to do what to work at things that they're struggling at right is what I mean practically right so you know yeah I mean it's just it is sort of always it's a real practical question I mean I guess you know I was thinking about you know coming to this later but my question also is like there's going to be, it's, it's sort of like the, the question of pick your battles. You know, like you have this image of Sisyphus like pushing the boulder up the hill. Yeah. So some boulders are really worth pushing up the hill and some boulders are not. So sometimes, you know, like you think about some relationships, you know, this person's like being a real annoying, th- you know, person in your life. Now, that could be, as you know, the Dalai Lama might say, bow to this person in your life. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to practice patience and, you know, whatever, learn how to cope with you. Mm. But there's also the option of just going, you know what? 
this relationship isn't that important to me, bye. And just cut them off. So I suppose it's sort of like, there's also a discernment that you have to have about which obstacles that come up are worth going to. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it's that old saying that, you know, grant me the wisdom to change the things I can except the things that I can't. But it's it's more than that because it's like, you know, you can't, like just taking that example, like you've got someone in your life, if they're your parent, your sibling, your, you know, super close long-term friend, maybe, you know, there's less of a choice in terms of this person's in your life. You got to cope with it. Well, it's true, but there's more, I suppose there's more sort of motivation, but if you have like a, you know, just a random acquaintance or something and they're just annoying you or they're asking too much, it's just whatever, whatever. It doesn't matter. You could see that as an obstacle that's frustrating you and, and say, Oh, okay, I'm going to, push into that and try and figure out how best to cope with it and you know maybe and and maybe there is that truth that that person will allow you the opportunity to learn to be assertive or learn to speak your truth or learn to set up boundaries or whatever you know Hmm. but equally sometimes the obstacle isn't worth pushing that hard at and others are you know like for me with the novel thing there's no question about pushing that boulder up the hill. You know, like it's the long game, this whole writer career. There's lots of sort of setbacks and things that I could take as disappointments or whatever, or I could have really expectations that certain things are going to go a certain way and then that, that expectation is the problem and all this kind of stuff. But do you know what I mean? I think there's yeah, the, the, the think initial thing is like, there's lots of obstacles. What are we going to react to? And I think, but I think you sort of... So I suppose that you can look at obstacles in a number 11. So as you're, as you're describing them there, it's a physical obstacle. There's this thing that's in my way. Do I go through the thing or go around the thing? Or yeah. do I turn around and go back? Yeah. Um, in the context of perhaps that you can look at that in another way is you're going to... But the thing is there, the obstacle is there. How are you going to react? That's, that's the question. How are you mentally going to react? So do I stay with that person? And because of my own insecurities, and I think, well, if I leave, then this is going to happen, this is going to happen, this is going to happen. And so I do nothing. And then I allow myself to be miserable because of that. And so reapplying this is looking at that situation and saying, okay, well, yeah, what, what does this about? What does this say about me? And then what am I going to do about me maybe, in this instance? Yeah, maybe also the idea of the obstacle is the key here because I suppose there can be a lot of things that are sort of annoying in life, but it, the idea of the obstacle is that it's in the middle of a path that you want to go on, hmm. isn't it? Like it's it's blocking you from where you're trying to go. That's the sort of meaning of obstacle, isn't it? So I suppose maybe that's how you know is like is this this direction that I want to go in? If the obstacle comes in but front of it, from, if it's like preventing you from from what this is saying that the obstacle actually shows you the path. So you go where the obstacle is, and this and this thing that Marcus yeah, yeah, is yeah. saying is like if you're lost. And you want to know where to go, you go where the obstacle is. So the thing 
that's saying is it saying that is it yeah. is it saying you're you're supposed to look for obstacles or is it saying, saying it, when it, obstacles when you, when things that look like obstacles arise on a path that you're traveling and want to go on do you turn back or be let them defeat you or do you march on and I think persevere? It's, a little, it's a little bit of both of those um because I suppose maybe, you know, it's funny because this is, this idea is actually how I sort of found... So one of the yeah, ways I put this is, so what blocked the path now is the path. So that is the way, it's, so when you have the blocker, now that but, becomes the right, path. Right, exactly. Yep. But I suppose the whole point is that it's the path you're already on. So if I take the idea of the annoying individual in my life, if they're not preventing me from... You know, if, that, if that's not an obstacle that's preventing me from doing something I want to do, if they're just like on the sidelines, you know, that's, it's not the same thing, right? Yeah, so if they're just annoying you, but in, so in this instance, if that somebody's annoying you, but it's stopping you from doing something. Right, so exactly. It's, it's stopping you yeah, from yeah, leaving yeah. them, it's stopping you yeah, from yeah, pursuing yeah. the career that you wanted to do, right. then they become yeah. the path and you need yeah. to do something about yeah. that, yeah. which is, first of all, change the perception what's the opportunities and all that it, it's, stuff uh, it's reminding me that this was the thing that really clued me in to my own yoga teacher I went to an open day that was like you know it was going to be a three year yoga training course so I was you know you go to a day session to kind of get to know the teacher and get hear about the course and what's required and stuff and for him to get to know you and see if you know he you know you're committed enough yeah so uh, I overheard his conversation with somebody else who had come to that open day and said, you know, I keep wanting to train as a yoga teacher, but every time I do, something comes up. And this time, like, my dad's taken ill. I sort of need to help him out, and I just feel like maybe the universe is telling me this isn't something I should be doing. And I feel like that is an interpretation that's quite common nowadays. Like, it's a sign that I'm not, you know, these obstacles are like a sign that I sh this is not right for me or something, mm. you know? And uh, my teacher said, well, the, you know, said, well, another way of looking at that is the universe might be asking you how much do you want it? Yeah. You know, and I, it was funny because I remember that really clearly and I remember that moment being like, huh, this guy has something that he can teach me because I wouldn't have thought of that, mm. you know? I don't know what it was about that that really... Well, it makes my a lot ears, of sense, but it? it's yeah. one of those things where it's like, no, exactly. How much? How much do you really want? Want it? Mm -hmm. And we go back to the Socrates example of how much do you want wisdom? Sticking yeah. the guy's head underneath the water when you want yeah. wisdom as much as you wanted to breathe, yeah. then you'll get it. I noticed yeah. that with my work too, and I think I've said this to you before, or, and on the podcast as well. Is if I have an entire week in which I have nowhere to be while the kids are in school and all I can do is write. And I've had times in my life before kids where I've had like totally open times. And actually you get much less done hmm. when you have nothing else in your way. You find all kinds of excuses and you know you wake up in the morning and you, you feel like you have infinite time so there's no reason to hurry and get on to the thing. But I notice now in my week, if I have certain things that I have to do, like certain yoga sessions I have to go teach and stuff, and not, not that I don't like that, but there's the, the voice in my head goes, oh, I'd rather be writing. Mm. Why do I have to go do this? Or oh, I need the money. And it's like, actually, that 
is a constant weekly reminder of how much I want to do the writing. So having that obstacle there actually becomes a major source of motivation for me. So it's actually amazing. Now, you know that I can go too far down that and get too busy and, you know, it, it, it sort of starts or to become... Or you can go to the Tony Robbins thing and say, if, what would happen if you took the yoga thing out of the way? Could you get to your end goal on the writing faster? Yeah, maybe. Yeah. But I think the thing is, is like, I actually... In- I do enjoy the yoga, and the yoga is something that brings in money and allows all the other stuff to happen. And instead of seeing it as an obstacle, it can become a source of motivation. Do you or, know what I mean? Or another excuse or rationalization. I'm just playing devil's advocate I here. I know you are. I see that. <laughs> Stick but, to the obstacle yeah, is the way, no, man. No, that's it. But that's it, though, isn't that? Sounds really good. You get money. I enjoy it. So you got all these rationales. The real question to ask yourself is, if, if, if you went down the writing side, and I guaranteed you within X amount of time, you'd be where you wanted to be as a writer, would you still do the, the yoga? Yeah. Okay. That's an asset test that I think yeah. people should take. Would you, would you do it just like when... Yeah. I think I told the story about the blues player where they, you know, he got all his fame... Uh, it was just a young kid in blues, and then all the older blues players were all getting angry because he's got all these record deals and stuff like this. And 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 I always admire this, and I admire people like this. And he's like, you know what? You could take all the money away, all the fame, and I'll go right back to the street corner that I was at and continue playing blues because I just like, yeah, I just like playing the music. I don't really care yeah. about the the money or the fame or any of that. I'd be happy on my street corner. Yeah. playing my guitar yeah and I like I like that yeah yeah should we take a quick break and then uh, we'll come back with some more obstacles I was in my first <laughs> no coffee still <laughs> all right thanks for listening to the podcast we really enjoyed bringing you the episodes over the past two years our goal for 2018 is to grow our audience our community of contemplators like you and we would really appreciate your help with this Now, there's a few things that you as a listener can do that are pretty easy and simple that will really help us out a lot. So if you enjoy the podcast and want it to continue, it would be great if you could share it with a few friends who you think might enjoy listening. Um, Going to iTunes and giving us a review so that it boosts us in the algorithms and it can come across other people who might enjoy it. And if you'd like to financially support the podcast, you can go to the contribution section of our website. Thanks, and back to the show. All right, welcome back. So it was a perfect uh, topic for me this week, the obstacle is the way, because uh, on Saturday morning I tried to turn on my computer and it didn't turn on. And my computer is like, the, you know, I was sort of thinking it's like the doorway to all my creative work, you know? So mm-hmm. then it was suddenly like taken away. So I completely freaked out. And then... I thought what was quite interesting is sort of watching what happens to you emotionally and like mentally when some big obstacle comes up like that. Yeah. Because what happened was it totally threw me into this mental place of, of like my mind felt very distracted. Like I couldn't focus on my work. Even though there was, I can do work and, and I have done all week. I have my iPad. 
Hmm. Before I got my computer, that's what I was working you on. Got I pencil know pencil and paper. Exactly. I've got my head. I've got pencil and paper. You got I blood. can do. I can do the work. I may not be able to do every little bit of things that I was doing with the formatting and stuff, but yeah. there's plenty of other work to be done. But I got myself like that. That event pushed me into this this mental place of like I couldn't do the work, and it totally sapped me. And luckily, luckily it was the weekend, so I had time to kind of like recover. But um, you know, in the in Ryan Holiday's book, he talks about this exact thing too. That he says every obstacle is unique to us, but the responses they elicit are all the same: fear, frustration, confusion, helplessness, depression, anger. You know, and I think that's sort of part of the first step, isn't it? It's like something that you perceive as an obstacle comes up. Something that you perceive that's bad, that has happened, comes up. And in order to change your perception about it, you, got, you, you sort of have to get, uh, come into awareness about what, what that mentality has done to you, like wh- where you've gone originally. You know what I mean? You have mm. to sort of go, you have to sort of recognize that you've made that judgment before you can back off it. Do you know what I mean? Or you didn't make a judgment, you just gone with a gut reaction, I think is more the case. You just took whatever. Well, I mean, my computer doesn't turn on and that's bad. Like immediately, I'm not sitting there thinking about it. It's like... That's what I mean. So you you didn't make a judgment yet. You just went with your natural reaction. That's bad. And then whatever bad means to you, you start acting that way. Totally. So then... Whereas if the event happens... And then you make a conscious choice. Well, how do I want yep. to react to this? Yeah. And I think there was, a, there was a good point in the book where Ryan Holiday's like talks about that with the emotions. Because he's like, it doesn't mean that you don't feel the emotion. If you have to, he says something like, if you have to take a moment, by all means, hmm. go take a moment and be, feel the anger, feel the sadness, whatever. But then don't confuse that with the mentality you need to make the next decision about how you're going to react. Do you see what I mean? Like, I think, and and I think that was sort of how it played out for me. Like, you can take the moment to freak out, go off and go, you know, whatever. But then you come back and go, am I going to let this get in the way of my work this week? Does this actually mean I can't do work? Does this actually mean any of the stories that I've spun hmm. off the back of this event? No. And you can sleep that all away and, and take a different attitude. And I think sometimes, I think depending on the thing and how much emotional sort of instant reaction you experience from it, noticing that it's a different process to take a moment to do all you know do the emotional stuff and then come back and go okay now I'm going to be a grown up and but some of it's about the practice as well and that's the thing that I like about the stoicism is if you get into the practice of it just like you practice your Buddhism or whatever else that you might practice then your natural reaction becomes the first reaction which yeah is, right yes exactly totally yeah, so you know the more yeah. that you you know like in my sort of main attitude to things is you know is this going to matter on my deathbed so most of my reactions to things yeah aren't the normal reactions that other people might have yeah but yeah, some yeah. people look at that as that i don't care but it's not that i don't care 
It's just that in my mind, it doesn't, it doesn't really matter. It might matter, but it doesn't really matter. Yeah, 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 and, yeah, yeah, totally. And hence, I don't, you know, I don't get, I don't get bent out of shape. Yeah, and I think that's, that's sort of the, to, the thing that I really like about this practice, and there's a really um, strong tradition of the same practice in, in the Buddhist meditation kind of thing that I study, which is, you know, there's a saying in, the, in Tibetan, uh, uh, the school of Tibetan Buddhism, reverse the way you see it. So it's like, instead of blaming out, look in, is one of the sort of ways. Mm. But it's like, if it's an obstacle, reverse the way you see it, and see it as a teaching, an opportunity, uh, whatever. Um, but, you know, in that, I think, if I really like the fact that part of the reversal is about seeing these things as part of your training. Hmm. So it's like, you know, and, and it would be cool if you could talk a little bit about what you were saying before we started about the military stuff, because I think that's, you know, when we practice adversity is often when we really become strong, when we push ourselves beyond where we think we can go intentionally, that's when we gain confidence and stuff. And Because um, that was what I said to you on the Twitter as well. You never know how far you can go until you go too right. far, right? That's right, totally, yeah. totally. But I think there's part of this that's like, there, there's one thing that's like really pushing yourself in a particular moment, but there's also the tr sort of training aspect that's like again and again and again. Again, you practice this. Again, you practice it. And um, to do my little Buddhist point, so you always try and bring in a matrix quote and I try yeah. and bring in a Buddhist quote. But um, there's a famous saying by this guy called Shanti Deva, who is an 18th century Indian um, Buddhist scholar. But he says, there is nothing that does not grow light through habit and familiarity. Putting up with little cares, I will train myself to bear with great adversity. So it's like every obstacle becomes an opportunity, like you're saying, to practice training your mind or, or changing your attitude towards what we might call adversity and and you have you have thousands of opportunities every day totally from how and do instead you react of it saying something you is, exactly exactly and package that you wanted to come in the mail didn't and come you think that these things aren't important these little things but i'm so with you on the mm. idea that how you do one thing is how you do everything how you react to the person like if you allow yourself every time someone cuts you off in the car or you know drives like a maniac or whatever if you allow yourself to really react in a negative way to that it's sort of you're training yourself in a certain kind of response well, towards you're training things your, your brain to say when this event happens this that's is the right. program i want you to run is that's right this one, that's is right anger or a lot of my yoga stuff is putting people in positions like I love to put people in the plank and then make everybody laugh, hmm. you know, because like laugh therapy yeah. in plank. Because if you can train yourself to breathe and to not clench your jaw and, and act like this is really hard, hmm. if you can learn to relax your face and chill out, even if it's a struggle, you're teaching yourself every single time to not react when your body gets into stress. And I think you can train yourself on on the yoga mat. That's training yourself for life in every other situation, isn't mm. it? Yeah, and, and as you say, so anything that you're doing, you're always kind of in that that sort of space. There's a couple of things that was going through my mind there. One is, um, this isn't about, and I guess an argument against this would be, are you just ignoring the reality of what's there? So, um, 
or so I like you to get people that say, oh, just think positive. But this isn't about just thinking positive. It's not that at all. It's choosing. It's choosing what emotion or state of mind will best help you to deal with whatever it is that you're dealing with, whatever that might be. And because sometimes anger might be the thing that you need to have the right kind of energy that you need to get through what you want. Sometimes yeah. it, it's useful. Yeah. yeah. But so this thing isn't about positivity or thinking positive or um, necessarily thinking opportunity. For me, it's more about um, conscious choice about what state I need to be in to do what I'm doing. Do I need to be calm and relaxed? Do I need to be excited? Do I need to be? Do I need to be angry? Um, and using those tools so that you can get the max benefit out of your action, whatever that action is going to be. Um, and then the other thing that you were saying there, like about the sort of um, the military thing, I was thinking about um, like being outdoors and being under adverse conditions. And again, it, all this stuff plays out in your mind. So, you know, you can go out and you can be cold, but you'll be 100% colder um, if you focus on the cold. But if you relax and not focus on making the cold more intense, then you can function a lot better. I'm trying to remember, there was a one colonel, and I remember we were getting ready to go to ranger school, and he, to help us getting ready and getting coping for this, a ranger school, for those that don't know, is like a 68-day survival school. You do it across the jungles, the mountains, um, with the woodlands, and in the desert. And he was saying, it, it's not as hard as you think it is it's not as hard as it seems but if you think it's hard it's harder than it actually is and that's <laughs> that helped a heck of a lot because you can get yourself into like the running this morning you know the initial approach is that oh this is hard but yes it's not as hard as it seemed but the more I thought about how hard it was the harder it became and then the moment that I changed my mind and my attitude towards it then it became less hard and I could get more out of myself in terms of we're talking about personal excellence to self-mastery. It's so funny because I do think that our, the, the most common mentality nowadays is to try and avoid any kind of discomfort. It's like, I don't think it used to be like that, did it? But now it's like even, you know, parenting is very much about trying to not have your kid be upset or stressed or, you know, and there's some there's definitely some things that are too big for a kid to hold. You know, there's, there's some things that kids should not have to be responsible for at certain ages. But this idea that we, you know, put a child in a bubble and sort of let them just be a kid with no cares and no worries, it's not helping them in many ways because how you don't get used to coping with different kinds of hardship or whatever if you if you never face it and, they, yeah. uh, this and we could turn this into a nice political debate liberalism and all that other jazz because I'm thinking about even things like risk and the playgrounds mm. um, you know there's arguments that say you know they've made the playground safe so kids don't fall they don't hurt themselves and nobody gets sued yeah. and there's other counter arguments where psychologists will tell you that well then the kid doesn't learn how to calculate risk yeah. And I don't know how to go through that drill because you've made a, a, a nice 
um, pretty safe environment for them. They don't have to worry about getting hurt. But then once what you don't do is you're not preparing them to how to make decisions. Yeah. And then when they're no longer a kid and suddenly they're in the real world in quotation marks and they get faced with adversity, faced with some of these things and they're less able to cope because they never had the opportunity to to experience that or go through that yeah sort of as a kid yeah um, yeah and yeah and I, and I guess some a lot of this will come back to your background because you read something earlier and I, in my head that it wasn't gelling with me because that wasn't my experience so something you read about Ryan Holiday because it will be depend on what your economic sort of geographical background might have been whether um, that statement you read was true or not. Oh, what um, did I it, read? Um, it was something about nowadays we are something or oh, another. Oh, yes, of course. Yeah. That, that most things are... Um, yeah, that one of the problems is abundance. Yeah, yeah that's very Which true. In, Completely. In, in his life there was abundance, maybe. In my life there wasn't abundance as a kid. So right. my experience growing up was a, a heck of a, a lot... was less abundance but then not having that abundance and you learn to be more independent you learn to be more adaptable yeah um the other thing that i had to learn how to do was how to make friends quickly because my dad was in the military and we moved a lot so you know every three years you're moving so i didn't have the luxury of staying in one place and you know you know everybody so it was you move now i need a whole new set of friends so i had to have the skill to yeah, you know, make new friends, adapt to a new environment, um, and all of that. So, yeah. So, would you say that? I mean, this is true. I'm, I'm sure. On you know, in in physical stuff like training and running and lifting and all that kind of stuff, but also um, mentally. But you know, he so he says, and the Stoics say obstacles can propel you to a new level of function so actually not running away over you know working to overcome that obstacle leads to growth and 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 that might you know and and potentially one of the only ways we can grow well that's how you you push yourself isn't it when you're talking about pushing yourself so we think about the military and we're doing this ranger school thing the whole idea someone said to you that you know you're going to go do this 68 survival, you know, 68 days worth of survival, and a lot of this you're going to be getting, maybe if you're lucky, five hours of sleep a week, not a night, a week. You're only getting one meal a day, and you're living out in the elements. I happen to go through ranger school during the winter time, so, you know, I'm out in the cold, <laughs> uh, you know, a lot of times. But and you, you know, you got, you know, 100 pounds, 90 pounds, 100 pounds on your back, and you're doing these big movements and. You know, all this stuff that you think you couldn't endure, if someone just told you you were going to endure that, then in your head you have no experience of that. But having gone through it, you get a sense of just how far you can push your own body and how people react in that environment, having no sleep, you know, little to no sleep, no food. Yeah. And then how do you still get people to function and do things? Yeah. Um, so you have that experience. And then you talk about the weights and things like that. You know, all these things, if you don't, if you don't, you know, how do you, how do you get from 160K to 170? Well, the only way to do that is to go 162, yep. then 165 until your body yep. adapts. And then your body yep. does adapt. It adapts. And then yep. before you know it, you're at 175. And it works the reverse because I'm running again. We had this conversation before we started rolling the tape. 
because the knees were hurting, but the knees were hurting because I wasn't using them, and so they were probably just going backwards. My body was like, ah, you don't need knees, um, because they're always in the one position nearly. You know, they're not, you're not using them how you used to use them, which is running and jumping and swimming yeah. and doing all sorts of things. Yeah. And so it was just starting to sort of seize up. But then totally. once I started running again, and I'm starting to do other things, and my body's saying, well, damn, I guess I need these. So my knees are starting to adapt, and then there's less pain yeah. now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, it's just one of those things where it's sort of counterintuitive to run towards the obstacle. Hmm. But actually, it's the only way to get better at Seize something. the day, man. It's, only, it's literally, it's the only way to get better. And actually, I, you know, just thinking about my kids... It's really like if you could give your kids a skill besides knowing that they're loved and lovable, you know, it, it's that ability to persevere in the state, mm. in, you know, when you don't, when you're not good at something initially, because I really do think that that is the thing that separates people from being able to do what you want to do versus not. Yeah. There's so many people that want to do something, but they just don't know how to cope with obstacles hmm. and there's always going to be obstacles isn't there yeah, no, and you know I was thinking about this also just now in terms of like the physical and the, and the medical kind of side of things because ironically I think that childbirth gave me hmm. a massive boost in confidence in hmm. terms of how much physical pain can you cope with and what can you actually do and I have both my kids at home and I just think it's sort of coming out of that experience I used to be really afraid of needles. I you know, used to be really afraid of all kinds of stuff like that when I was younger. And I just think, oh my God, now, like, whatever. Yeah. You know, so when I had this surgery last year on, on the side of my face and neck and stuff, I just thought, you know what? I mean, it was quite straightforward in the sense that I didn't have any decisions to make about it, like a lot of people do with medical decisions that can be a bit like, am I doing the right thing? There was none of that to cope with. But I think on the day I thought, well, this is probably not the last surgery I'm going to have, so let's. this will be good because then next time if something's a little bit scarier, like, you know, I don't know, cancer, whatever, mm. at least I'll have had practice and I'll know this isn't the first surgery I've had. And I don't know, I just think all these things, it's sort of a counterintuitive at first way of looking at something. Well, it's like you'll never know until you you got to do it. I know it's, it seems like a, a sort of trite saying, you know, you, I, you never know unless you do it. You know, trying new things is about that, isn't it? Like you won't know whether you like it or not unless you yeah. do the thing. And I think you don't know what your body's capable of unless yeah. you push it towards that space. And almost you've got to... You have to be okay with failure. So maybe that's the skill that you have to... In fact, that's, I'm glad you said that about the kids because I remember... Um, I was listening to James Altucher's, um, yeah, can I have another coffee? That's yeah. yours, that's yours. Oh, that mine? Oh, that's never yours. mind, never mind, sorry. There's, I didn't want to, I didn't want to hand yeah. it over your equipment. Um, yeah, uh, yeah, it was, it was on James Altucher's, um, mm -hmm. podcast, and I can't remember who he was interviewing, but her dad, instead of asking her what she succeeded at, that huh. day at school asked her what she failed at okay that day in school right 
because it was in understanding how to, well, one, you, to fail, you, you generally you're trying something you haven't tried before. So that encouraged her to try things she's never done. Mm-hmm. And, and then how you react to the failure, which is the thing that, was, that makes you grow. And so what she, what she gained from that is a no fear to try stuff. In fact, to feel funny if she just did, if she didn't push, if she yeah. didn't risk failure. Yeah. Then it was a bad day. Yeah, yeah. Which was I thought was an interesting take because you know you, you, we only tend to focus on the success, which I thought was an interesting. You know, that's an interesting yeah, question. What did is. you fail at today? Yeah, totally. And because there's a lot in that, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, I, and I think that's yeah. now thinking of that. That might be a good one, even as an as adults. Now, what did you fail at? Like to today. You know, and that sort of for me that goes back to because. I don't know. I think all of these things, I think what I'm most interested in, in all this philosophy in general is sort of the nuance of how this plays out in life. Because when, mm. you, when you make a statement like that, it's one thing. But when you figure out how it works mm. in a situation is another. And I think, you know, there's also, it's been said that we're so afraid of failure and looking bad that we end up putting, you know, when we've done this, edu- you know, we did our episode on education or learning or something mm. like that. And it was like, there's a, always a focus on what you're not so good at so that, you know, you're wor- because you're worried you're failing at it or you don't want to look like you're doing bad at it. Mm. And there is other advice saying, don't spend all your energy on stuff that, you're not good at play to your strengths Hmm. you know so I think there's there is that as well so for me that goes back to the whole question like what what boulders like what obstacles are in your main path like what 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 are the things that you really want you know like deep down in your soul what do you want or what are the things that are going to really help you and I think all these stuff, all the stuff that you've talked about with running and stuff, like that mental training that you do when you practice shutting up the voices in your head, hmm. like that's useful stuff. You use you it know? in anything that you do, don't you? And, and I think hmm. about my kids and, you know, particularly at the moment, my son with, with certain math things and stuff, I think, yeah, this isn't the only thing he's good at, but he's got to know how to do this stuff in order to do what he wants to do in life. Hmm. You know, this is sort of basic stuff. And the other thing is, is, you know, you don't want to, when you're a kid, always feel like you don't know what's going on. Because he might, you know, my, my son's promise he's off in his dreams and then hmm. he just misses it and, you know, whatever. And, you know, he's also only seven. But it's like, yeah, I think, I think knowing, knowing when to challenge yourself is is. And, and how far to push yourself and when you need to be pushed beyond where you're comfortable, you know, because there's a big fear in that and, and sort of rightly so because most of the time there are not fatal consequences to things, but there are consequences to things if things go wrong. And, yeah. you know, we saw like the London Marathon, the 29-year-old guy just died at mile 22. You know, he had run marathon before, he had run apparently the... Um, Manchester Marathon a month ago or something mm. like that. So, I mean, you know, there is such a thing as pushing yourself so far that there yeah, is... Yeah, but that's just, you know, every day we get up, we take the risk of dying, don't we? 
yeah, think we try that's to, true. you know what I mean? It doesn't, you have yeah, no idea when true. you're going to die. That's so true. you get up and you do your thing and then one day you're going to die. Yeah. <laughs> you know yeah, what I yeah, mean? Yeah. But I think that we then tend to want to believe that we're going to live for a long time and so we well and we also every time an obstacle comes up we sort of want to believe that if we go there the worst thing's going to happen and therefore yeah. we have a reason not to do it yeah, and 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 we can go really crazy with it but that's part of our as a human that's that's one of the things that, so we don't have big claws and we're not the super fastest and strongest you know naturally without our bodies so one of our survival things is our ability to imagine. Yeah. And part of that is imagine all the bad things that can happen so that in the present I can take steps to avoid those because I don't yeah. have yeah. the claws like the cats and stuff yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah. And But then we get trapped inside of our own psychology yeah, as yeah. in we can al allow that then to stop us from doing a thing. So we believe the thing that we imagined is real and so we don't take any steps towards yeah. that. And there's a lot of things we avoid that we would love to do because of fear, isn't it? And that kind of... Yeah, lots of times it's yeah. about fear. And the funny thing about the whole sort of fear thing, they say that we are actually only born with two fears. The fear of loud noises and the fear of like falling down or falling, like heights type thing. Um, like mm -hmm. falling over mm -hmm. and every other um, fear is learned interesting and and it's it's kind of what you're hinting at there is what we fear failure because of you know in school they're marking your papers and things like that you've got that aspect or your friends and your peers and they're going to laugh at you they're so going to be yeah. embarrassed yeah. so there's all these things that we fear happening to us embarrassed yeah. or getting in trouble that sort of thing um, that yeah, we then end up stopping ourselves yeah. from from doing stuff yeah. for yeah. that for the fear of fail, failure. Yeah. Or we think about that the if I do this thing, if I take this risk and it goes bad, then everything is you know life is over for me kind of thing. As if you could never recover from um, having gone for that promotion or having you know decided yeah. to do. Quit the job or the whatever. Job or, yep, yep. You know, ask that girl out or those, you know, there's so all these yeah. fears, things that stop us. And some of the people that I admire, um, and they're not like, you know, big name people, but it's the ones that, whether their fear thing is just completely turned off, like they don't have it. Cause, so there's one thing. To yeah. say, okay, practice, and I have it, and I'm going to choose my reaction. There's people that I know, and I can think of a couple of them, that it's not even a conversation. So they just do stuff because they never have the conversation. And then you yeah, look yeah, at them, yeah. you think, what the hell? But it's never clicked in their head at all, Yeah. Um, which I think is pretty cool in the sense that, yeah. you know, for whatever reason, they lack that gene. <laughs> yeah. But then they just do stuff. Um, and not even have to think about coping mechanisms or strategies because, you know, yeah. <laughs> they're just, just bumbling along doing their, their sort of thing. But, yeah, totally. Um, yeah. And so um, thinking about where we take this then, I think from a sort of practical standpoint, if you're thinking about the obstacle as a way. So, um, so two different ways to look at this. So you've got to see things for what they are then do what you can so that's the action bit first part was perception and then the 
third part of that is endure and bear what you must. So you chose the action, go through it and sort of deal with whatever comes out of that space. Um, other way of looking at it is what blocks the path now is the path. So go right mm-hmm. towards the thing that's blocking the path. Um, what once impeded action then advances action. So the thing that's making you stuck, once you decide to go towards it, that makes you take yeah, the right. action. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then, yeah, the obstacle then is the way yeah. to go. Yeah. Um, awesome, good. Is that it? We're done? Coffee yeah. time? Yeah. Anything else you want to say? Oh, don't forget to get your questions to us for episode number... A hundred. It's party 100. time next week. It's party time next week. And Coffee will be flying. What's the, how, what's the gig? What's the format? Are we going to just take the questions and give our take on the questions? Is that the game plan? I don't know. Sounds good. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm, I'm thinking people are going to give us these questions and yeah. say, well, what are we going to do with it? Be, so I'm assuming, I'm imagining that we'll have the question and we'll have a conversation around That's the right. Question. We're just going to throw out some yeah. questions. Yeah. Um, which is good. Okay. That's it. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening to the podcast. We really enjoyed bringing you the episodes over the past two years. We have a goal for 2018 to grow our audience, our, contemplate, our community of contemplators like you, and we'd really appreciate your help. In fact, there's a few things that you can do quite easily that would really help us out a lot. One is by sharing it with other friends that you think might enjoy listening to the show. Another is going to iTunes and giving us a review, which will boost the algorithm and put the show out in front of more eyes that um, can, people can come across it. And you can financially support the show by going to the contribution section of our website. Thanks a lot.